you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Okay, you guys, I am here with Michaela Hu. She is a writer, lifestyle entrepreneur, and chronic illness coach living in LA. She's one of the founders and CEOs of Chronically Hacked, which is this really amazing course and platform that's world-renowned and celebrity-endorsed. Essentially, her and her partner made it to navigate the confusing world of chronic illness. Also, her and her mom started My July, which is a clean skincare line that was born out of her chronic illness, which she's going to get into today from the beginning. Thank you so much for coming on and getting vulnerable and sharing your story. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat about all the things. I know. I know. I'm just going to have you jump right in from the beginning. Like, how did the idea to start My July happen? How did you even get to a place of wanting to create a course for people? I'm assuming this starts with your health journey. Yeah. Both of my businesses were born out of my chronic illnesses. I always say the best businesses are born out of necessity. And that was the case for me. So let's start from the very beginning. I was born in Long Island. I was conceived in a home that had toxic black mold that we didn't know about. That is how I think that I developed my chronic illnesses because mold can be spread in utero. And I was, as I said, conceived in a home that had toxic black mold and I was brought home from the hospital to a home with toxic black mold that we didn't know about until two years later when we sold the house. Ever since I can remember, I've never felt well. Although when I was a kid, I didn't know that I wasn't feeling well because that was all I knew. I would get stomach aches. I would get weird joint pain, headaches, ringing in my ears, extreme bloating and digestive issues. And I would have um, these rashes that would just come up all over my body out of nowhere. I didn't know a life outside of that. So I just thought, well, I guess these are just my weird quirks that I'm going to have to live with. I feel like that just proves too that it was 100% probably the black mold if this happened at such a young age and if you don't have any memories of not feeling this way. Yeah, I think that my body has always been in a state of inflammation. I can't ever remember ever not hurting. I have so much compassion for that little girl, Michaela, who was always not feeling well. But me not knowing what I knew then, I never told my parents anything that I was going through because I just thought, well, I guess this is my normal. I totally resonate with what you're saying. I obviously don't have the same health journey as you, but I think that it there we get so comfortable feeling uncomfortable because we don't realize either that it's not normal or we're just so used to it. Our society just 
continues to like allow us to believe that, you know, we can have these issues and it be normal and okay. And that we should be not at our full hundred percent. And I think in your case, when you grow up thinking like, oh, like I'm just used to being this uncomfortable. I don't know anything different. You don't feel this like, I don't know, uh, draw to like have to go figure it out if it's just what you know. Exactly. And I was actually just thinking about what you said about our conversation off air that society and our medical system has kind of conditioned us to not feel well and accept that as normal, which is completely backwards. The fact that we operate on caffeine in order to be able to function or take pills to get up and take pills to go to sleep. That's Mm -hmm. not normal. And I'm not saying that that was how it was for me back then, but it just does bring up a huge disconnect between us and our bodies. Like people are just so not in tune with their bodies in this day and age. Mm -hmm. My mom would take me to the pediatrician to prescribe me some steroid ointments and they would always work, but they were never getting to the root cause of Mm -hmm. my issues. It was just basically putting band-aids over bullet wounds. We just thought that the doctor knew best. So let's just go through this whole endless cycle of me going to the doctor, getting prescription ointments to put on my skin, it working, then me flaring up a few months later, going back to the doctor. It was just this endless cycle we couldn't ever get away from and meanwhile they your parents don't even know how much like more sick you actually are like in your body and your bloating and the way you feel exactly and it's kind of ironic because I think because my body was always in such a state of inflammation it was hyperactive so I very rarely got sick in the classic sense of getting the flu or a cold, or an ear infection, or any of the things that you associate with young kids. Not that any of that is normal, but it's a little bit more mainstream than me dealing with all the brain fog, memory issues, joint pain at like age five. But my parents, from their perspective, thought that I was super healthy. Except she just has these rashes, but like, that's it. Like, little did they know all the other stuff (laughs) going on behind the scenes. That was pretty much my childhood up to when I was 13, my dad got a job transfer that transferred us from the East Coast to California. So we moved to the Bay Area. I should also mention in between that when I was two, we moved from Long Island to Connecticut. In that time, I suspect I got Lyme disease somewhere there. We had two dogs and I know the dogs got ticks and I would play in the backyard all the time because that's what you're wow. supposed to do when yeah. you're dead. I mean, it's good for your gut microbiome, but then it's like, you might get yeah. a tick and get Lyme disease, but have fun playing out in the backyard. Wow. So. Wow. So, and all of this was just not uncovered yet, obviously. So Lyme disease for those who are not super knowledgeable about exactly what it is because it is kind of misunderstood. So Lyme disease can be spread by any biting insect. Most commonly people associate Lyme disease with ticks, but it can also be spread through spiders, sandflies, fleas. So when it's transmitted through the insect bite, it's this bacteria that burrows itself into your innermost organs, your bone marrow tissues, 
So within about 24 hours, it migrates from the bloodstream into all these organs. So it's very, very hard to detect. Even the most seemingly accurate of tests on the market are blood tests. And since oftentimes the bacteria migrates from the bloodstream to the organs and other places of the body, it's very hard to detect. And for people who may not be familiar, like for me, like I have heard so much about Lyme's disease. I feel like celebrities have come out and said they've had it. I had, I remember a friend in middle school who got diagnosed with it. What exactly, like how does it affect the person? Now, this is another reason why it's so hard to get diagnosed with Lyme because literally the symptoms are all over the chart. Anything from joint pain to gut issues to rashes to cognitive issues, neurological issues. It's extremely confusing. Yeah. And sometimes the symptoms also migrate. So you could have one day joint pain, but the next day have cognitive issues and the next day have gut issues. Which is probably why you didn't come forward as well, because these symptoms were all so different and happening at all different rates all the time. So meanwhile, you think this is all normal, but at the same time, like, what are you supposed to say if the symptoms keep changing? As a child, it's really hard to articulate all these things going on in your body that you don't know what's happening. So I didn't really have the tools to even be able to verbalize like what I was feeling in my body. No, 100%. I feel like even as an adult, I've struggled so much with gut health. A lot of it was like through mental health stuff that I had to work through. But a lot of it was because I had celiac. Like I got diagnosed with celiac about six years ago. But for like five years, I was in so much stomach pain every time I ate so much stomach pain. I knew it was, there was something wrong. Like I knew I wasn't supposed to feel this way, but like it took almost a couple years to get me to even like try to go see a specialist, try to go see someone who could help me. We're nurtured in this society to kind of just be like, eh, deal with it later, deal with it later. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It doesn't affect me that much. And something you were talking about in your course, I was listening to some of it. I resonated so strongly with the part where you were talking about like prepping for events or festivities. Like it becomes so part of your routine to be like, okay, well, I know that when I eat at this time, then I'm going to look like this for this long after because of my blow, or like, I won't be able to take pictures because if we eat before, I'm going to look extremely bloated because of this. And it's weird how we start to integrate these problems with our body into our routines instead of trying to get help. And in your case, I feel like you were a child and didn't even know anything different. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder why my baseline is anxiety when I had all these different calculations going on in my head about going to social events and will I be able to eat there? And if I don't eat, then what am I going to say when people are like, oh, why aren't you eating? Or I'm going to eat before. Am I going to eat after? Will it mess up my eating schedule? And what will I wear? And it's just very stress inducing. So when you became a teenager was when and moved to California is when you decided to start pursuing maybe healing and health journey. How did you come forward to your parents eventually and tell them that you were struggling? When we moved to California, magically, my skin issues got better. And we all suspected that it was climate related. And I wasn't going to question why I was feeling better. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. And since my parents didn't know that anything else was going on, they just thought that, well, her skin's getting better. So, I mean, she's like super healthy. So then it just got to a point 
where I hosted for a few years. And then in my late teens, things started getting really bad. And I think it's just the compound effect of when you ignore different symptoms for years and years, it doesn't go away. It just gets worse and worse until there's one thing like the straw that breaks the camel's back. I feel like this goes to your band-aid effect too, whether it's physical health or mental health. Like if you keep putting these like band-aid solutions on something, eventually the trigger is just gonna make everything snap. Exactly. So in my late teens, my digestion got so bad that I couldn't even drink a glass of water without being super bloated and having to lie in fetal position. And my rashes started developing again. And it was just my body screaming for help because your body talks to you in symptoms. And since I just had ignored, ignored, ignored for so many years, my body was like, finally, try Michaela to listen to me. And I think that it was just crying for help. And I eventually told my parents, look, there is something seriously wrong with my body. I know you know that I have these rashes, but I also have these digestive issues and my joint pain has gotten so much worse. We need to figure something out. This is not going well. I can't even function on a day-to-day basis without being in pain. So I don't know if I should see a GI doctor, if I should see an allergist or a nutritionist or where we even start, but we have to do something. So my mom took me to a nutritionist and she did a skin prick test on me, which is the test that most nutritionists will do to test for allergies. Yeah. So she tested me for about 80 foods. And when I got the results back, I tested positive for about 75% of the foods on the list. Wow. Which was really scary because both my mom and I were like, whoa, are you really allergic to like all these foods? She said, no, 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 don't get the wrong idea. These are typically when she sees results like that, they're false positives. So she said, what you have is leaky gut, which means that something along the way irritated my gut and caused gut permeability, which caused food to leak out of my gut. So my nutritionist said, let's try doing a detox, an elimination diet for a month. And then I went to the nutritionist again, and she did the test again on me. And it was pretty much the same results. So we did three months. And then we went back to the doctor, and she did the skin prick test on me again, and the same thing. Wow. So that got me and my mom thinking, you know, there's something else going on. Even though I have leaky gut, yes, we don't know what's causing the leaky gut. So yet again, we still haven't gotten to the root cause of my issues. And this must have been so incredibly frustrating for you. How did you continue to like push on? Obviously you wanted to be healthy, but like you had to try all these different things. Like the doctors didn't know what was going on. And then you are now seeing this nutritionist who's giving you a little bit of hope and you're now like fuck, like, again, we don't know what's going on. Like, did you feel like your mental health at this point was starting to suffer as well? Yes, because it's very discouraging not knowing what's going on with you and not even discouraging, downright scary. Seeing your body deteriorate every single day and not knowing how to save it is pretty much the scariest thing that I have ever encountered. But I'm also very strong-willed and tenacious and I have a strong intuition and I'm also like hopelessly optimistic and I know 
that everything will work out. That's beautiful. I love that though. And I think you're speaking to something really important too, is that like a lot of people trust professionals instead of their own intuition. I don't think like we're encouraged enough to like trust our intuition. Like we know our body best. Like we just need to tap into it. And I think not that doctors aren't qualified, but people forget that these people are just specialists and that they don't know how you feel. They don't know outside their own realm. And you have to just keep trusting yourself and pushing for answers. That's such a good point because doctors, although they are highly trained, only go to school for a certain number of years. And section on chronic illness is just like only like a little tiny fraction of their entire training. Well, and to your point, like it can look so different for everyone. So it's not a one size fits all type thing. And that might work with acute illness. Like if you have a broken limb, I'm not going to go try to heal myself with herbs. But when you get into the realm of chronic illness, there's a huge disconnect in our medical system. So at this point, you had to like keep pushing forward and go see someone else besides the nutritionist? So we went back and forth with a nutritionist for about a year and a half, and I really desperately wanted to make it work. I had so much faith in that she's a nutritionist. She should see the body as a whole. She should be able to help me. And basically, she just said, you know, Michaela, you have a very atypical case here. There were two really big research centers, Stanford and UCSF, and my doctor had affiliations with them. So she said, I can send you to a research center and to condense lots of years into just like a little story. I bounced around from doctor to doctor, probably saw over 15 specialists and basically got nowhere. They did endoscopies on me, colonoscopies on me. I got something called a gastric emptying study, which measures how fast or slow your digestion is. And I got diagnosed from that test with gastroparesis, which means that my gut was partially paralyzed. Their solution was for me to take pills to force my digestion to work faster. My mom and I, my mom came with me to all of my appointments. She was such a supportive pillar during this entire time. We both thought that doesn't sound right. Yeah, again with the band-aids. Yeah, yeah. And we just kept leaving with more questions than answers. Which makes sense how your guys' brand simultaneously started to like form even in like the ether because you guys are so passionate about things being natural and healing the body itself. So was this kind of intertwined at the same time where you were like, okay, we need to fill a space here as well that's not being filled as you're simultaneously trying to navigate this healing journey? Yeah. So during that time, I was going to college online for graphic design. And I chose to go to school online before I even knew all of this was going to blow up in the middle of it. And I think that that was a un- like the universe's way of protecting me. During that time, I developed these rashes on my hands that got so bad. It got to a point where I couldn't even use my hands anymore. If I went like this, if I bent my fingers the skin around my knuckles would just crack and bleed. It looked oh like gosh. I had reptile skin. And my dad even said, 
it looks like there's a monster that is inside of you trying to come out through your skin because my hands were so inflamed. That was the tipping point where my mom and I were like, no, 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 this is not livable. You quite literally like moved into this space out of necessity. Right. I lost all capability of doing anything with my hands and you don't realize how much you use your hands until you can't use them anymore. So my mom took over and she would wash my hair for me in the sink. She made my bed. She drove me around. She cut up my food. It was just crazy how much I lost all autonomy of my life during that point. And I also started doing my research on the computer. And I was going crazy typing my symptoms and seeing what would come up. Like what in the world is going on with my health? Because there is something wrong that I just am not being able to figure out. And then during that time, my mom took to the kitchen to start alchemizing different skincare treatments for me to use because obviously I was so sensitive to everything. So she started tinkering away with different essential oils and different ingredients that you can even find in your kitchen, like avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil, and we realized how healing plant-based skincare is and how soothing that the treatments were on my skin. Now, I'm not going to go and say that it was Miracle Balm that solved everything because I had quite literally a bacterial infection or as my dad (laughs) was actually pretty right on the mark. I had a monster inside of me that we had to address because I was still chasing a diagnosis. But since the skincare was so good and soothing for my skin. We thought, well, I'm surely not the only person who's dealing with chronic illness. And even those who don't have chronic illness, so many people have sensitive skin that we started thinking, you know, maybe we should sell this stuff and maybe we could make a business out of it. Wow. So that's the inception of My July. Wow. And why'd you guys call it My July? I love this question. I'm so happy you asked this. July has always been my favorite month of the year. I absolutely love summer. Growing up on the East Coast, we lived on the coast in Connecticut. And I remember my parents would take me to the beach and we'd have beach days. And when I was on summer break, my mom would take me to uh, New York City because we were right outside of New York City. And we would see Broadway shows and we would go shopping and we would just walk around and it was such a good time. And I have such fond memories. Also, so many pivotal moments happened in the month of July. Like my family and I moved to California in July. We went to Europe on vacation for the first time in July. My mom and I ran our first half marathon in July. And I was also diagnosed with Lyme disease in July. So it's just the month of July has such a special meaning to me. And I am hugely into energy and the law of attraction. And I wanted to attach a special meaning and a positive energy to the products that we put out into the world. I love that. So just to finish off your story, was the final diagnosis you got Lyme's disease? We started my July and put that out into the world while I was still trying to get diagnosed. So me still doing my research happened upon these online forums and online support groups for chronic illness. 
And some of them dealt with mold, some of them dealt with Lyme disease, parasite overgrowth, candida overgrowth, and all of these different illnesses that were not on my radar. Because up until that point, we chased more of autoimmune issues. Like I was tested for celiac disease, I was tested for Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, SIBO, all these different tests all came back negative, which was so frustrating because I knew obviously there was something wrong with me. So then once it happened upon chronic illness and I saw the symptoms really closely matched mine, it really got on my radar to think about getting tested for those illnesses. So I hopped into those online support groups and I said, hey guys, these are the symptoms I'm dealing with. I haven't been tested for any of these illnesses, but I've been tested for this, this, and this, but everything comes back negative. I don't know, is it worth getting tested for these other illnesses? Because I know that the testing is super expensive and it's oftentimes not covered by insurance. Is it worth it? What do you think? So, so many people in those groups said, your symptoms sound very Lyme-like. What you need to do is you need to see a Lyme literate medical doctor. So other people essentially led you to pursuing a test for Lyme's disease, which is super powerful considering one, that, I don't know, people being vulnerable online and in a forum was what got you to a place of diagnosis. And also really beautiful that you and your partner created from that, I'm assuming, an online platform to help people navigate their diagnosis and or like what tests they should go for. Yeah, so that is pretty much what inspired me and my business partner, Diana, uh, for Chronically Hacked, our online course, having been essentially diagnosed by other patients, because experience is the best prerequisite to teach others. And it is amazing to me how I just bounced around from doctor to doctor for years and years and years. And then here I just hop into this online forum and the other patients are like, yeah, you sound very Lyme-like, go get tested for Lyme disease. I've talked on here before about like the, the a huge reason why I started this podcast. The reason why I started my platforms was to build the sense of communities so that people didn't feel alone. And I think a lot of times people are scared to be vulnerable or talk about their story, whether it was hard or traumatic or whatever it is. But I think that your story is a perfect example in another form of how people's vulnerability and experience can help others. Um, And I'm assuming that's why you and Diana built your course as well. Exactly. And if you don't ask for help, there's no way that other people can help you. So I feel like it's extremely important to start the conversation and start destigmatizing, talking about issues that aren't so sexy, like being constipated or having weird bloating or rashes. I think one of the most beautiful things about your brand, besides the fact that the product is amazing, you guys, I've tried my July. Michaela was sweet enough to send it to me and it is so nice. It's so soothing. It feels so light on the skin, but I I would assume that one of the most amazing things for you about the brand is that you get to also use it as a platform to talk about your story. A hundred percent. I always say it's the vehicle to start the conversation about not only uh, chronic illness, but mental health, anything that you're dealing with. So I always say that our skincare is like chicken soup for the skin. It's just supposed to make you feel good. And around that is just like having honest, vulnerable conversations and being able to have a safe space to really say what's on your mind and express your feelings 
And I think that's extremely healthy. Your story is so inspiring and it's very obvious to me like how resilient you are, like emotionally, mentally, physically. I'm sure there's a lot of people who, and I know this to be true because this is where I was for a long time. My, I wasn't even close to how sick you were, but even just having my gut issues, feeling like I so hopeless that like I couldn't even eat without worry because I knew I was just going to get sick immediately after. And this was before my celiac diagnosis. But like, what would you say to someone who just feels hopeless? They don't know what to do. They've been trying to get answers. They can't find any. What are some maybe mental health tips that you would, or encouragements that you would give people and maybe some logistical tips? I think something that is extremely powerful are mantras. We are an affirmations podcast. I love that you said that. If you believe that you can't, you can't. And if you believe you can, you can. So one thing that I really made a lot of use of during my most hopeless moments, the only way out was through is one of my favorites. There's no other way to get to the other side than just going through it. And I just said, Michaela, you're just going to have to go through this. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be quite painful, but you're going to make it to the other side. And just simple mantras, even I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. It's something that we teach children, but then somewhere along the way, we lose sight of that. And then we start telling ourselves things about ourselves that are negative. No one is allowed to make you feel bad unless you let them. And yeah. there's no reason why we should let anyone have that type of energy over us. 100% agree with you. The podcast audience knows how much like mantras, quieting, negative chatter, affirmations has been a part of my healing journey. I think that it's, it, it's truly crazy how much our mind gets in the way of our resilience. I think that even in like a workout or like some type of physical push, we always can go further. I feel like most people give up because their mind tells them they can't before their body can actually stop. And our mind is is truly a powerful tool. And I think it, our thoughts and our negative chatter get in the way of the, resili- the mental resilience that we are capable of. I always think about my grandma. She is such a source of inspiration to me because the woman has had cancer like five plus times. And she is such a resilient person. I truly believe that one of the main reasons why she has survived cancer so many times, and you, if you looked at her, you wouldn't think that she has had cancer that many times. She still goes out in the garden, gardening. She still does her walks. I truly believe it's because her mindset is so positive. She is such a driven person who truly believes that she will get through anything. So I feel like that has been passed down to me. It's almost like a delusional confidence and in a good way. Like I think it's not letting things like a diagnosis or the unknowns or the questions like intrude your intuition and positive mind from finding the answers that you can find and deserve my mental health journey was battling with the like self-doubt of like, I'm just going to stay like this. It's going to be, it's easier. But that's such an anti-resilient lie that we tell ourselves that like, it's easier to stay in the uncomfortable. It's easier to stay in this unknown when in reality, even though the path may be harder and the battle may be more difficult, the end result is just so empowering. And we're, we're deserving of feeling good and comfortable and living our life without pain, whether it's mental or physical. 
That's so true. I remember seeing this quote on Instagram and I hope I don't butcher it, but it said something to the effect of if you're in hell, why would you stop? So it really struck a chord in me because I'm like, well, I'm still deep in my healing journey. I'm a lot better off than I was before, but why in the world would I just give up in the middle of being in hell? Like I, I can't imagine just staying. It can't get much worse. (laughs) Yeah. So the only way out is through. You have to keep moving forward, no matter how uncertain or scary it feels. And I think that someone like you could probably, you know, really from a helicopter view, look at your life as difficult and as, you know, I'm sure there were so many horrible, awful nights, like even your description of your hands, like that is like pure torture, like mentally and physically. I'm sure that helicopter view now, though it was hard, you can look back and be like, wow, like that brought me to my purpose, like creating this brand and a course for people like me who are really struggling. I'm sure that you hear so many amazing stories of like what your brand and course has done for others. This is such a cliche, but there are silver linings to everything. And I truly believe that there is beauty in the mess and it's just up to you to figure it out. And my July brings me so much joy just talking about the origin of the name brings me so much joy. So it's something that I really hold sacred and it brought my mom and I really close together, even though we were close before. She really is my best friend. I'm trying to figure out a way to tie up my story. There is a Lyme literate medical doctor in LA, Dr. Erica Lehman, who I researched worst case scenario I am negative for Lyme disease and yet another test that comes back negative. So I saw Dr. Lehman and the woman pretty much diagnosed me on the spot. She looked at me and she said, you know, your rashes, they are not eczema. They are a co-infection of Lyme disease. That's something else I should mention. Lyme disease not only is the disease itself, but the biting insects carry what are called co-infections so they are also think of it as um being injected with a dirty needle i had the co-infection of babesia which attacks the skin so all these years of going to the pediatrician and dermatologist and they're like yeah it's eczema it's eczema here's this prescription it was never eczema it was always the co-infection of lyme disease flaring up with my gut issues She said, I can pretty much assure you that you have Bartonella, which is another co-infection of Lyme disease. Was that like a relief? Such a weight off of my shoulders, having the mystery solved. All of a sudden, it felt like I was swimming to an island instead of just treading water aimlessly. So it's impossible to heal when you don't have a target. So all of a sudden, I had this target to work towards and a healing protocol and a doctor and a wonderful supportive family by my side at the beginning of my healing journey. Over the course of like finally starting to explore what could possibly be wrong to this point, how many years was it? It was about eight years. Wow. So almost a decade. Yeah. That is insane. Is this when you started the course with your partner, Diana? A little bit later, a little over a year later. So I was very active in 
the online support groups because at the beginning of my healing protocol, I had so many questions. It's very isolating having chronic illness and it's very intimidating and overwhelming being newly diagnosed because you don't know what to expect. So in that group, I met Diana and we really just hit it off. So we just started chatting a lot and we would compare notes all the time. She also sees Dr. Lehman and we would just get a kick out of all these different weird scenarios that we'd find ourselves in that only people with chronic illness would understand. And we learned different hacks and tricks. And we thought, well, why not just create a really nice course that is essentially a blueprint for anyone who has questions about their health or their loved one's health and they're not getting the answers they need. Anyone who is essentially us before we were diagnosed. And if we had had the course, when we were searching for answers, it would have cut out so much money, so much time and frustration. And it really is a roadmap for anyone who wants to gain clarity on their health. It's a series of eight video modules and an accompanying ebook. And we also have contributors, Ali Hilfiger, who has Lyme disease that's in remission, Holly from Wealthy Belly. She's a wellness influencer who also has Lyme disease, but it's in remission now. And Dr. Richard Horowitz, who is a leading Lyme doctor who does state-of-the-art research on Lyme disease, and he's written a few books. And it not only deals with Lyme disease, but it also deals with parasite overgrowth, mold toxicity, thyroid issues, candida, everything that is oftentimes associated with Lyme disease. It's just something that I'm really proud of, just like with my July. It's just something else that came out of a bad situation. You're not only helping people, you're not only getting vulnerable and sharing your story so that you can hopefully help someone find some answers, but you're giving like logistical advice and a roadmap for people so that they don't have to go through maybe as intense or up and down of a journey as you did. And I think having my July too is just such a beautiful way to compliment that because you're offering people almost like this emotional support and this actual like tangible elixir to help hopefully some skin problems or even people who like you said just have sensitive skin it's a way that you can show you know that you have a holistic approach to skincare which I also wanted you to mention before we ended the episode I saw that you wrote that article for Forbes on greenwashing I had never heard of that term before but I'm obviously familiar with what some beauty brands are doing now. Could you expand a little bit on like what that is and like what makes My July different? The beauty industry in the United States is very highly unregulated. So essentially that means that any company can put a label on their product and basically say anything they want and it'll just go to market. So that has made the term natural, organic, clean, pure, all very nebulous terms. It's something that businesses use to entice their buyers to buy their product. But it's like a marketing strategy. Yeah, it doesn't always match up with their practices. So that's what greenwashing is. When a brand promises something, but they don't actually follow through with it. 
I can assure you after you listen to my story that there's nothing but yeah. pure organic natural ingredients that go into my July. What are some of the products you guys have just so people can get a little familiar? I know I mentioned the uh, face oil, which is amazing. It's my favorite. I love the face oil. I'm so happy that you love it. It's so, so luxe. It's giving spa. It's giving spa. It's giving, I feel like I'm healing from the inside out. Like, you know, when you smell something and you're just like, yep, <laughs> I need to be using this. I love that. I always say like, that's my favorite product, but I'm completely biased, but our stuff is really good. Even though I'm biased, I know it's good. <laughs> so we have mainly moisturizers. We have body butters, body oils, a face oil, a face mist, and a repair balm. And then I didn't, obviously, of course, I know that my July is probably your go-to, but what are some other products in your routine that you could recommend to listeners that you just know work for you and are natural and luxe and something that you trust in maybe your morning or night routine? Honestly, I'm not like super sexy with my skincare aside from I my love July. It. <laughs> I'll just get like the whatever's at Whole Foods like for my soap or like, it's just, I'm trying to think of like the crunchy granola brands that aren't like super elevated with their branding. I do love youth to the people. They're a good, they're an LA based brand. I love how you're like, I don't have a sexy like night product routine, but your brand is so chic and aesthetic. It's a hundred percent sexy. Thank you. I, it's my little baby because I have a BFA in graphic design. As long as the product is effective and clean, I don't really judge it by its label, which is kind of ironic because I'm like so anal about my own brand. But, no, I get um, it. Yeah, so I'm I'm really low key with the rest of my products. Thank you so much for sharing your story and coming on and getting into the nitty gritties of it. I know it it's very obvious to me. Again, like I said before, that you are like very resilient. Besides the obvious, what I have gotten from your story is just like keep pushing. You're not alone in your struggle, no matter what it is. That's so true. The answers are always out there. You just have to go and get them. Ask everyone at the end of every episode, just looking back like helicopter view on this like entire journey for the business, for the course, for your own personal health journey of almost a decade, which is literally insane. Like, how do you see it? There is always a meaning behind anything that you're dealt from the universe. There's always some sort of lesson or some deeper value to what you deal with. And I've always been a very determined, self-motivated, driven person. I think that this is something that I had to go through to find a purpose. And I get so much joy from helping others that unfortunately, this was not the easiest way to go about it. But I don't think that I would undo anything if I had to go back and live my life again, because it blessed me with two businesses that I truly find a huge value and am passionate about. So it's something that I feel like I'm blessed and I'm grateful for what I dealt with. And I think that anyone who is dealing with some sort of struggle has to find the meaning behind it because 
there always is something greater. Yeah. I love that you said that. I think that we can get stuck in like a victim mentality a lot, especially when things are going wrong, when our health is deteriorating or our mental health seems to be unrelenting. Just looking at it in that way, that there's a reason why this is happening and that, um, you know, there's a plan for my life. I think for a long time, I, I wondered why I struggled so much with my mental health. And I, I, I questioned why the things that were happening to me were happening to me. And now helicopter view at my life so far, um, it's so obvious that I was like, I always had a calling to like want to build community and build a space where people feel safe. And I, I feel the same way about you too and your story. It goes back to mindset. It's just perspective and mindset shift. You have to yeah. uh, really adjust your lens, the way that you look at things and yeah. figure out how you're going to make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that speaks to the conversation um, that we've been having, which is just based in resilience. Like that's not an easy thing. Um, I think there's like an easy answer, which is what we're talking about. Like you just have to shift your mindset. Obviously that's so hard, especially for someone like you who went through this crazy 10 year battle, which I'm sure was much harder, much more exhausting and much more defeating than you've even been able to, you know, articulate here. And I think there's something really powerful about how you've been able to do that amidst all of it. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on and opening up. If you would, I would love for you to share um, your handle and then like my July and the course and where people can find it. I'll put it in the show notes as well, but. Yeah. So I have a personal Instagram. It's just at Michaela who, and my website is Michaela My July is at my July skin on Instagram and my July is our website where you can load up on all your goodies and chronically hack is on instagram at chronically hack and our website is chronicallyhack.com which is where you can find out more about the course and purchase the course like no pressure at all but had you had mentioned to me that we were going to do a discount code for my july yeah so whatever you want to do we can do 15 percent off yeah let's do how i see it 15 15 yeah perfect Oh my gosh. Thank you, Michaela. And then you can have a whole spa night in rich. I do bath times called rich bitch bathing where I like picture like the richest version of myself mentally, emotionally, career wise, and like affirm and mantra myself in the bath. So I started coining them rich bitch baths. And so my July would be perfect for that. I love that. You guys can find the discount code in the show notes too. And I'll put a link to shop as well, but thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys. <laughs>